Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness. 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 Foolishness to those that are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Well, guys, what is going on? This is Brian Sumner. Welcome to episode 81 of the Foolishness Podcast. Thank you so much for partnering, for coming alongside, for listening, believing, and sharing. I'll tell you, one of the biggest blessings of my week, as there's so much going on in life, is just simply getting a message from some old skater guy or skater girl from 20, 30 years ago. We said, Brian, I'm checking up on you. I jumped into an interview. I heard something out of the Bible, and the Lord encouraged me. So there's so much we're going to jump into today, but I just wanted to say thank you for that. We're living in a crazy time. There's so much going on. There's so much that could be said, but what we need is people who are standing firm, who are aware of the state of this world, and who are eager just to reach out in love, hold up the banner of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today, I'm going to have on a good, good friend of mine. Most of the people, most of my guests are good, good friends, but I like those kind of guests where they can almost just take over the show or go wherever. So today I'm having on a good friend who's a husband, father, musician, author, overseer of various ministries, but particularly with a heavy focus on men's ministry. So Paul yes, Stream, what is going on? Hey, man. How you good doing? to see you, Brian. I'm honored to be here. Thank you very much. <laughs> and we just both i got back from the coffee shop you just got seated in the garage wished the family off they took off on a little trip right uh yeah they're going up to la to visit a friend who's got a kid around my son's age amen and they're gonna tool around and um they'll be back later this afternoon so and i had just... a free day here and i'm just like okay the honey do <laughs> list is off what what do i need to do and then i just changed the schedule for the i knew we were planning on doing this in the future sometime. yeah so we just put it for today because I have a, a free day, as a husband would say. You know what I'm talking about. They're pretty rare because, you know, <laughs> yeah. we don't really want them. I am a homebody. I want to be around my family. I want to yeah. be around my kids. I know you're the same way. Yeah. And But even as I said to you, are we ready? You said, I don't think we're ever ready. And so no, I really want to do have topics to talk about. Yeah, I've done that <laughs> stuff. And I'm, I came into this. This isn't my first podcast, whatever that means. Your second, though. Yeah. Second, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the other ones had prepared me as far as an interview. Okay, I'm going to yeah. ask this, this, this. We're going to go over this. So I, I had kind of a template yep. of what to expect, but I am completely unprepared. And um, I like it that way. I like being on edge. So let's go with it. So what Paul is saying is that he's completely led by the spirit. We're going to see how much of the flesh is present. And, and guys, just so yeah. you know, people that I'm close friends with, I know in the pulpit a lot of times, even on these podcasts, I'll sound really serious. Mm -hmm. But there's a very dry humor between me and a lot of friends yeah. because that's kind of just our generation. And we've seen so much. Life's been so crazy. Yeah. It's just a way to connect almost like older Jewish folk back in the day, you know, bantering away and joking. Yeah. So... I yeah. say this, though, why it's relevant right now is because even last night, as I knew we'd be getting on here today, I mm -hmm. see a post that just says suicide is up 200%. So mm -hmm. 
So what that means is, yes, there's women. Yes, there's sadly teenagers now, many nine to 12 year olds. I mean, that's so radical. Just yeah. just kills you to think of our children even thinking that way. Yeah. What that means is I believe it's like 65 to 85% of that is men. So what a perfect time for you and I where yeah. we, we haven't got to even say it, but as we look around, you've got marriages struggling, you've got jobs locked down, you've got a fear of a pandemic, you've got yeah. anger at the presidency, you've yeah. got conspiracy, you've just got whichever way you want to cut it, there's so much going on that you and I can even talk about, but for the unbeliever, yeah. it must be really crazy. So I want to jump into the men's stuff and especially your book, Code of Honor. But before yeah. that, how did Paul get to where he is today? You were raised in Huntington. I mean, I know you're, where, where were you born and raised? I was born and raised outside of Huntington. Mm -hmm. I, I wasn't rooted here. April was, Yeah, um, my wife, uh, but Orange County. Okay. Uh, went to modern day, raised a Catholic. I was an altar boy for X amount of years. Um, you know, I don't really don't have a bragamony. You know, yeah. I, I didn't wake up in a Tijuana jail yeah. with a severed chihuahua next to me and go, how did I get here? I need to find Christ. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just found, I, I, I did have a divorce. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Grew up in, uh, went to modern day and then Canyon high school finished out there. Mm -hmm. And then I moved to Huntington in 88. Yeah. I don't know that I didn't document that. And I've been here since 88. So that's yeah. more than some of your listeners have probably been alive. I just uh, say that because you are someone that most people I meet know you. I've either heard your music, the bands you've been in, I've been around the men's ministries you're doing. And right. as you're saying this from the 80s, even through till about five years ago, there was a culture of kind of strong men in Huntington Beach. And yeah. the punk scene, the movement, it was very driven, but a lot of that came out of broken homes and alcohol, drug use. They call Huntington Beach heroin high, the high school, which is crazy. Yeah. And I'm yeah. even seeing this generation, you're either the stoner surfer kid, or it's kind of like a rowdy downtown thing. And it's kind of changed the last few years, but you're yeah. born in Orange County. Did that have a crazy effect on you as a man or? Oh yeah. Absolutely. My parents got divorced when I was 18, and that's where mm. I started going. In 18, you are, well, it was 17, and so. Yeah. And yeah, you're a man on paper, <laughs> but I came from a Leave It to Beaver family, which I thought, and it got, the carpet got ripped out from under me. I'm like, yeah. which way is up? And then the family split up. I got two sisters, a dad mm. and mom, and there was infidelity involved, and I was kind of involved in catching it happen. Mm -hmm. So I got twisted out a little bit. So there I go. Boom. I went on my, uh, you know, cry me a river. There's guys yeah. that have been through to hell and back. Yeah. Uh, but that's what set me on the path to, um, uh, you know, the false narratives of the fulfillment I was getting through the band and the drugs and the alcohol and the women and all the other stuff mm -hmm. you do in Huntington Beach, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which in the end is unfulfilling and empty. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that's where I was. And I married someone from that. Yeah, that, that's where my divorce stems from. No kids from that marriage. I have one kid. And yes, Jet, and um, I, you know, I'm thankful that I didn't have kids from that because there would have been a whole twisted things. And anyway, and that's mm -hmm. what led me right here. And I knew April from those days, my wife, yeah. and we got reconnected through <laughs> um, uh, a dating site. <laughs> so they do work. God does recognize her. I have no game whatsoever. And I'm, I'm online and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm barely dating. 
because I'm saved at this point and I'm sober. I did a five year sabbatical of sobriety and just, you know, keeping wow. it narrow. And I'm, I'm with Christ now, five years earlier. And uh, I see April's face. I don't recognize her. And she's wearing a paper boy hat. And I'm like, hey, cool hat. You want to go to coffee? That's my game. Rico Suave, right? That kind of works, <laughs> though. The hat's cool. Said, yes. Well, she recognized. She goes, Paul, it's me, April. And this is from 20 years ago. Back in the day, we used to <laughs> hang out. We didn't date or hook up or anything. We just knew each other. Uh, friends of friends. So she got even more beautiful, but you stayed the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you do? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I think is happening with me. Yeah. It was a trip. And, and um, here I am married to her. I had such a big, huge crush on her back then. Mm. And uh, I give God all the credit for that. Yeah. I was already working in the men's ministry stuff then. Yeah. And uh, she tolerated it and put up with it because I was gone a lot. You know, working ministry, you're mm-hmm. gone. And I could touch on that too, how things yeah. have since I've had a boy, because uh, he's my men's ministry now. So I don't necessarily am 100% in, I, I don't run a ministry right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I can't. Your life is a ministry. Yeah. My life is a ministry. Um, <laughs> I heard a good talk the other day. So anyways, does that clear me up as far as like where? Well, I want to say that because I don't even know if you realize this. Most people in California don't. But, you know, someone like me grows up in England. Mm-hmm. My friend in school, Andy Cavana, would call me an American because I just wanted to be in America. Watching oh. The Simpsons, watching wrestling. Now I'm skating, dream. And it was like an American, you know. But yeah. what I'm saying is. We want those sunny sidewalks. We want the Orange County life. We want it all. But sadly, even here, you got it all. I mean, you got to play in the bands. You got to make the money. You got to see the drugs. You got to see what everyone was glorifying then. So hopefully to the younger generation now, they're like, what are we being fed? And even to our generation who feel like they've missed out on something you haven't at all. Paul's definitely going to unpack how marrying a godly woman and having an awesome child despite our failures as men how we are right where we need to be so again that right there anything you just jump in i'm gonna cut you off yeah i like that periodically (laughs) (laughs) i'm good at that too i mean it was it was yesterday uh right now i am uh chief of operations of a plumbing firm and we do big Mm -hmm. commercial jobs and stuff so i'm the guy who's putting out fires and doing all this Mm -hmm. and i didn't know i was going to talk about this today but when you said that for the guy who's um and this goes off of a message i saw last week yeah we, we are the salt of the earth are not going to be not working on Mm -hmm. i said you are the salt of the earth yeah meaning there's no work towards getting there you are okay Mm -hmm. that being said i had a job go south yesterday and it was going south it didn't go south Mm -hmm. because that's when my job position requires me to go up and step up and problem solve and solution and get the guys on Mm -hmm. the crew to you know basically unclog the drain on the fifth floor that was it right Grand openings Monday, hundreds of thousands of dollars has spent on this remodel. Our dream doesn't work. What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Now, when you go on a job site, and this relates to the Christian walk too, because yep. a lot of people will be condemned from their past, right? Mm-hmm. And, oh, you're, you're a baby Christian. You need the work and you have to do this and that. I get that if you're going into a leadership position, but no, if you're mm-hmm. a Christian, you are saved and you are saved and it is sealed. Mm-hmm. You go into these meetings where the problem solving is, and everyone does the blame game. Well, it's their fault. Oh, no, it's their fault. Oh, they could have done this and that. Well, if we'd done this and that, and everybody's pointing the fingers. Yeah. I've been going into those meetings now 
for 20 plus years. <laughs> I say the same thing every time because mm -hmm. I heard it from someone else. Guys, first off, before we get into the blame game here, let's be clear. No, no one's going to die. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. But it's going to be that bad. Okay. It's going to be that well, bad, but just not death. Uh, not that there's death, but it just, it simmers it down a little. It takes it down a few notches. And then yeah. I see this, and this is what you had to say about the guy coming up that wants to be in the bed, thinking you missed out mm -hmm. or they're in it and they think there's not a way out. And they think being a Christian is going to be lame and boring and stupid. Yeah. But cause they're living the life and they have a whole circle of friends in a sphere over there. Yep. I still do. And they still love me. Yeah. I lost a good portion of them. Yeah. Later, you know what I mean? Yeah. They, yeah. They now. It's not what you did. It's what you're going to do. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I said that about the job site. I go, guys, the drain's clogged. And some <laughs> stuff got stuck in there. And we didn't do this. And we didn't do that. Claiming ownership. Mm. It's, I tell them, it's not what we did. It's what we're going to do that you're mm -hmm. going to see. And, and how much will that stop a fight? Um, chastising yeah. your kid the wrong way? Getting potentially fired because he's waiting for Paul to pour out the wrath of Paul because of what happened. But yeah, what are you going to do? And that's to many people right here now. Romans 8.1 says there's no condemnation. I hope some of the men chiming in are over it. I've blown it. Hopefully you haven't gone that far down the sin road. But if you have, there is no condemnation in Christ. Let's begin to build. Hopefully Paul's words today and the word of God being foundational. So yeah, carry on. That is what I wanted to say that. And that's why I had to cut you off because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm a loose cannon too. I'll bunny trail. I wanted to stop you there. <laughs> that's what the whole men's ministry, uh, the ethos, the mantra mm -hmm. is. Cause I worked at a, um, volunteered at a, a frontline ministry church. These guys were coming out of something. Mm -hmm. They were coming out of addiction, uh, uh, homelessness, uh, jail, anything bad, right? And they usually find Christ in those establishments, in those systems, mm -hmm. okay, as a, as a survival technique, right? Tactic, if you will. Yeah. And, and they're, they're all on board. They go, okay, I got to hang on to the Christ figure. That's what they view in their head. Mm -hmm. Still not real to me, but as long as I'm doing this, I'm going to stay out of trouble. <laughs> then they get filtered out and they usually plant at our church because we hoist the flag. Hey, come over here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you're Pastor Joe and obviously yeah. Chris Jones, our good brother, Maybe. many friends, his place, amazing church, especially Definitely for not. recovery. I mean, love those guys. Yeah. yeah. And I just found myself kind of limped in there, really. Mm -hmm. uh, but anyway, it, it was a what now ministry. Okay. You found God. What now? Mm -hmm. You found Christ. Great. That's awesome. You're saved. What now? Yeah. What kind of man are you going to be? And that's where the code of honor, which are 12 simple codes. It's not a to-do list or a checkoff list with works. It's not. It's, hey, bad. And the common denominator with all those guys, all those men mm -hmm. was simple. It was easy. It's almost a cliche. Yeah. Bad dad, no dad. Hmm. Doing the same or it's one or the other, but it's either bad dad or no dad or both. And you're not speculating this. This is years of you seeing this continually. Yeah. Years, 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 years. I had a great dad. Mm -hmm. I, he's my best friend. I call Amen. him once a week and we just mm. stroke each other. Me too. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. They keep saying, uh, one of the things I say to the guys that I've learned, like my dad could, my dad's uh, pushing 80. I think he's 80. 
-hmm. He could pass away tomorrow and I'm good. Why? The father's job is to prepare their son for life. And how does he do that, Brian? He he, he makes sure uh, it's just tough enough, right? He makes sure it's it's tough, right? That's how he make, prepares her for life, and mm. uh, make sure it's like a, a mom's job is to make sure their kid doesn't get hurt. Period. They're the nurturer. A father's job is to make sure they just don't get hurt that much, <laughs> but basically make it hard on them. Don't over nurture them. What's the son's job to the father? Your father's still alive, right? Yeah. What's yeah. our job? Our job is to prepare to prepare our fathers for their death. Mm. And how do we do that? Mm. We make sure they're proud. Mm. We make sure they're proud. And then we could, I'm good. Like I said, I can get the phone call right now. Yeah, I'm going to miss him. I'll be devastated. I love my mm. dad. I know he's going to go, right? Mm. But I'm good. He tells me every week, dude, I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. <laughs> I choked up because I'm just like, yeah, we're good. Okay, good. And how many men out there can say that who have a dad or an estranged dad or no dad? That's where the men's ministry comes in. It's just like, okay, the same applies to your father, God, your true Mm. father, only father, right? Yeah. In the essence of making him proud. Are you going to make him proud? He loves you anyway. Yeah. But are you you stoking him out? (laughs) What you're doing? Hence the the code of honor. Amen. Well, this is ministering to me because I see my dad as you're saying this. My dad's 70-something, around 74, 75, and... I just was born into, you know, English family, two sisters, mom, dad, and he just worked hard, got up every day, drove the lorries, did his work, came home, ate his food, loved my mom, 44 years of marriage. She passed away, you know, about six or seven years ago, mm-hmm. but I am excited to call my dad. And now the crazy thing with me is because of skating at 15, I kind of had this immediate discipline at 13. I knew I didn't want to be in Liverpool doing acid, getting stoned, you know, just glorifying the doors, going to raves and ecstasy, like a lot of my friends skating. So I kind of had this drive, but a lot of what I just seen in my dad, you get up and you just do what you need to do every day. And that was it. And that for me is what helped my skating and my drive, obviously the Bruce Lee influence and how driven he was in those books, but that's what I saw. And so for my dad, as he came over here to America but he now has three grandkids through us. He looks at it that way where exactly what you said is right. He knows I am loving and thankful for him. Times mm-hmm. I've preached sermons and he's in the audience speaking of him on my mother. And now it's just we're hanging out. And it's like you said, he sees Brian taking care of his family. He sees his grandkids. And it's but for the guy that doesn't have that. He's always thinking, where's his value? Where's his identity? They say, what, 80% of men in prison? didn't have a dad most That's violent crazy. angry crimes is because of no dad yeah. so yeah so what do you I tell jet you know you preach it you know i tell my kid who's three and a half now hmm. you know but i don't want to and i find myself ministering him just like i would a 30 year old right out of jail who hmm. is ready to make a bad decision and they'll call me to be held accountable <laughs> i go dude there's a want to and a have to yeah and they are so far apart yeah there's a want to and a have to. A want to involves emotion. A have to involves a little bit of emotion, but you still have to. Yeah, yeah. My three-year-old son brushing his teeth before he goes to bed or putting his toys away because he needs to clean his room. <laughs> to a 30-year-old man ready to... Yeah, put a needle in his arm or something. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, that's a want to. You just yeah. want to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that. 
I'm going to open this garage door. I got a little wiener dog. Yeah, let's do it. And he's like whimpering behind me. I don't want people to think I got jet locked up in a box behind me. (laughs) Yeah, if you want to see Paul and and him opening the garage for the wiener dog, you have to go on YouTube. There it is. Okay, the garage is open. Guys, um, he just, yep. His doggy's yelping. Here he comes. But you know, Paul, oh, there he is. What's his name again? Devo. That's Devo. Devo dog. When you guys did our bathroom, like it was over here. <laughs> yeah. But here's what I want to say about this, Kay, because to be biblical to those who might not have understood, God made man, Adam, in his image. He made Adam first. Obviously, the Hebrew word there for Adam means man, but then God made the woman. But yeah. what's important to notice is the woman was already one with man. So for whatever reason, God chose to take the woman out of his side his cell structure, his rib, and brought her back to him. What the enemy has done today is said there's this competition be- competition, competition between men and women, and there's all this division between feminists and not, and who's this and who's not. But the reality is whatever you want to say about that, anyone out there, God gave men a specific role, and he gave women a specific role. And I have mentioned before this crazy season for us and my wife's mother's ALS. I mean, her dad had a heart attack, like what, five days ago in the hospital at night, surgery the next day, we picked him up the next day. I mean, it's so fast, but it's like my wife, if she wasn't doing what she's doing through this season of our house flooding of many family members getting sick, her cousin dying, her mom sadly on the verge of death. If she wasn't just going, God's good, but it would fall apart. I wouldn't know how to handle it. And likewise, If I wasn't doing what I'm meant to do, God has made me a man. I'm going to do it. That's the have to. God's made her a woman. They just left her grandma's right now down the street. That's her doing the woman role. People get offended by this, but there is a specific role on you and me. And when the enemy can tear the man down, make him lose his identity. He's Homer Simpson. He's Al Bundy. He's the goofy guy that gets, you know, we can unpack that through Genesis and the rest. But you and I have a specific role. It starts with God. Yeah, it starts with God to Christ. And we are now the covering of this home. We generally are the the one who provides. Women can work if they want. That's up to them. But generally, God is the man leading. And spiritually, he directs from the word. But the wife comes alongside. My wife gets to be in every part of everything. Not because I say, but, but God's given me this amazing human despite when we're at each other's throat, she's still the best helper for me on this planet. So, yeah. Man, you say helper, and that could be offensive. So, you got to be careful. Helper. What do you mean I'm a helper? Yeah. Everyone's you triggered I mean? and ready. Yeah, that was a two snap. Um, yeah. I, I, I frame it up like this to, I, I still get the backlash. Yeah. If you're running a men's ministry, automatically people are chin tapping, just go, okay, are you a misogynistic marble? cigarette smoking brawny paper towel looking guy yeah. with Harley. No, that's not masculinity. We can unfold that later. Mm-hmm. Women manage men lead. Yeah. There's a difference. Mm-hmm. Huge difference. Men lead and women manage. To, mm-hmm. That's their gift. Yeah. And I believe when we were that one, we did both. But when mm-hmm. God separated us, the women, and this is my whacked out theory, because my wife is a manager. Yeah. She multitasks. She does this, that, this, and that, whereas mm-hmm. I lead. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's not a oppression leadership. Yep. It's tandem. Mm-hmm. You can multitask, but I'm leading. I'm showing the way mm-hmm. and calling the shots. Okay. 
Um, and we'll have discussions on how those shots get transpired. <laughs> mm -hmm, okay? mm -hmm. And she'll let you know when she doesn't agree. And you're yeah. going to have to go to the Lord and hear what God because says. You're going to have a hard time managing that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> she goes, well, if I'm going to be managing that, blah, blah, blah. What if this and this? Yeah. And it's as simple as, honey, I'm on my way home. Uh, we're going to dinner. Yeah. And she knows exactly what to do. She'll pick the restaurant. She'll get the reservations. She'll do all the managing of it. Mm -hmm. When the bill comes, I'll pay it. Yeah. I'll lead. She can manage. Now there's different dynamics for different households. Those of you listening that are rolling your eyes and ready to push the delete button, there's different dynamics per household, depending on the dynamics of that man and that woman. But you have to have those two things working in unison. Mm -hmm. And then the man in some relationships may manage a little bit more. And the women may, because of her upbringing as a survival tactic, mm -hmm. learn leadership skills. And she's really good at it. Yeah, that's where we're at right now. After the Industrial Revolution, where Rosie the Riveter, you know what I mean? Especially yeah. when the dad isn't present and oh, yeah. mom has to step up. Praise God for all you women who are doing that. Amen. Do not hear Paul for a second and mean he just comes home and says, get ready, do this. No, Babe, no. here's what we're thinking. I'd rather go out. I'd rather do this. She can handle it all, knows what she's doing. Or I'm sure she could say, well, you know what? I prepared this and did this. You're like, okay, you know what? Fine, whatever. Yeah. But generally... Biblically, God has given the man the vision where, listen, you know what keeps me up at night is, is bills and thinking about future and planning how long am I doing this podcast? It's the third quarter for me. I've got to go out and raise a bunch of support. Um, the home running, my son's wedding coming up and getting you on this podcast today. If something crazy happens, I'm the one taking her mom to the hospital. I'm the one picking up her dad two hours away. I want my wife to have the freedom. And here's an easy example. If you're on YouTube and you look around this room, Paul, do you think I decorated this room? Huh? No. No. It's beautiful. No skateboards it's walls. <laughs> no skate. There's no skateboards. And here's the thing. God gave me this amazing helper, not to just help Brian, but yeah. because she has this amazing call that only she can fulfill. I've yeah. said it a million times. It's not good that man is alone. God has given me a call, and it's not going to work as smoothly without my helper. And I love bragging on women, Paul, there's no other woman on the planet, man, cat, dog, monkey, that is better as a partner to come alongside you than yeah. April stream. Yep. That's it. Over oh, everyone else, you've heard it many, many times. So I say that because I focus on things like providing and fighting spiritually for my family. Mm -hmm. I'm sure putting my foot in my mouth and me, like, this is how immature I am still after all these years. Sure. But if you come to our home, it looks more like my wife once. I don't just go buy a car and say, here's what you're dealing with. Hey, put this outfit on. Hey, do this. Yeah. She's raw food vegan. She likes her home a certain way. I'm fighting other battles, but I need her to come alongside me. And she's got to say, God, I believe Brian's an evangelist. You know, I don't like using that term, but generally that's what he does. Yeah. Here's a strong points. I'm all yeah. in with him. So we men need to be careful. On, if I can piggyback on that, men need yeah. to be very careful on the leadership role. And that's the danger of doing the self-help masculinity stuff that's out there right now. Yep. Gets bastardized and Frankenstein into this, you know, uh, false masculinity. Yeah. This macho. You, have, you never want to render your wife useless. And mm -hmm. that means I'm the leader. I do everything. I'm the leader. Uh, I don't, I don't need a man cave. My house is my man cave. I'm putting up a big old <laughs> goose head above the fireplace. No, 
you have to let them manage. That's their mm-hmm. gift. Yeah. That's, that's the part of them that needs to shine and go. And even if they're not good at it, so what? Yeah. Fuck it, yeah. Fuck it up and shut up. <laughs> well, you know, and I was just raised, I was just raised seeing my dad do that for whatever reason. When he comes to our home in America, we wake up in the morning. He's already cleaned the whole garage. He's gone around and watered all the plants. He's done everything. So, you know, what? I wake up today at like 730. I go out. I put a loan. And this is a good day. I mean, I'm not boasting here, but man, I had a pretty good morning. Put a load of laundry in. Went outside after doing a garden thing yesterday. I mean, I'm, I'm realizing, Paul, I'm actually I'm actually growing up, I guess. And yeah. do all this stuff. Break my wife. Out. <laughs> yeah, my wife has a hard time sleeping, and yeah. she was in the kids' room. So I go in, run and go get the coffee, and for me, get the kids' food, come back, and now she can just focus on her mom, who yeah. I don't even like saying it, but her body's shut down, her arms still work, and ALS is crazy. Yeah, I don't want to get in the way of anything that you know. And for those listening, guys, please be praying for her because my wife has been so consistent these last six or seven months. You know, like I said, with the flood, she had skin cancer, corona, and all the stress that's going on. But sometimes when you're losing someone as close as a mom, yeah. you can't really even process it. Hopefully yeah. it doesn't happen and the Lord moves and heals. But yeah. I'm saying that to say I got up and did the dad-husband role. She's going to go do whatever. And like you said, they vary. You know, but yeah. God says in his word – Men of the covering, they are the head. In the garden, Adam and Eve's roles were reversed. God told Adam, don't do this. And he got out the way and let the woman make the decision. And he... he you went there, didn't you? Yeah, you I did. <laughs> we're close enough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll sell you something that's funny. I remember you saying to me, what are you doing? You said, you know, my wife the other day said, hey, I had a bunch of extra money come in. Here it is. Go buy a gun, get some rounds, do this. And I was like, there's April stream telling you, hey, you know what? We don't have too many firearms around. I think that's cool. (laughs) She managed that. She managed me right to the gun store. I said, amen. You are so sexy right now. (laughs) Hey, preach it. There you go. Yeah. But anyway, I'm sure you had a million thoughts from that. We're saying God's in charge, men are the covering. We're not here to put women subject under men. It's not oppression. Never be told to submit. She wants to come alongside the man and say, here's my role. Just as the man submits to God, the woman submits to God. And we say, we are better together, the ish and the ish ah in the Hebrew. So the two becoming one in God's image. God has the masculine feminine side, but he's he's presented in scripture as who he is. I'm saying if we're made in his image, that was already there in man. You know what I mean? So I know exactly what you mean, preaching. Yeah. Yeah. So this then has played into, I mean, I can see the way you're saying things, you know, what, what must be done. The book we talked about after I put out my, my book, It Never Fails, the Marriage Book, and you said, Brian, this has just been in your wheelhouse, sitting with a lot of men. Men need it. Orange County especially, revolving through the system, the 12 steps, the higher power, code mm-hmm. of honor then. What was the what do we do now? How do you take people who resent their dad, angry at dad, don't have a dad, how do you reshape them to have understanding of their identity in this world? The code of honor is simply, like I said, it's not a to-do list. Mm -hmm. It's 12. Well, let me unfold it like this. There's 12 codes of honor. Yep. Pick two. Mm. Pick two, especially code one. Mm -hmm. Love your father, God, with all your heart, soul, and mind. Mm. Those people. Okay. 
Christ summed up the Ten Commandments like that, and you can mm -hmm. sum up the Code of Honor like that. If you pick two, you're good. You're going to be way better than you were, and you do it, though. You have to do it. Mm -hmm. um, commitment before, I'll give you an example. Commitment before ego is mm -hmm. one of the Codes of Honor. And you just have these 12 codes of honor. It's a simple book, like I said, when I was going to give it to you the other day. And you say, hey, do you want to read this before? And you're just like, no, let's just wing it and go. I'm just like, ah! <laughs> okay. Well, I just know you and your diligence. <laughs> I would rather put this out there than I sure. even read it. And I can chime in in other episodes. Sure. But, yeah. Uh, commitment before ego. Apply that to your life. Mm -hmm. These guys never did because they didn't have a commitment. They weren't committed to anything except for yeah. their hustle. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, addiction is 90% of it. Okay. Um, because that's an end result to all the other bad decisions they've made. They fall into the addiction part of it. What even, mm -hmm. if, I mean, not just at that recovery church either, dude, you can go to a, you know, I'm not throwing anybody under the bus, but a hoity toity campus, say mm -hmm. a Mariners. Yeah. And I'm sure they have an addiction ministry there because it's everywhere, right? You need them everywhere. Yeah. You have to have them everywhere. Yeah. Um, um, I mean, there's all different types. Just because someone's driving a $150,000 car and the other guy's on the bus, the problems are the same. Mm -hmm. It's the same. They resorted into the addiction. So commitment before ego, they're putting their ego and their wants and needs. They're, they're putting their want to before their have to. Mm -hmm. Okay. We circled back around that. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> But that is everything because the call of God, and you've heard me say it, it's the great commission. Yeah. God, as I wake up today, I'll tell you, when I get into it with my wife, if we want to go there, when I get into it with my wife and we end up saying stuff or doing stuff and we don't, you know, the Bible says don't go to sleep in your anger. If we yeah. don't get to talk something out, I don't sleep well. That verse to me, it's not good that man is alone. Though we're married to the men out there and your wife says it's over or something crazy's happened or she's off thinking crazy things, it will terrorize a man more than anything. So yeah. that's where you've got to take those things. You're talking about commitment over ego. Even for our home church, you know, branches. Yeah. One of the things Andrew shaded the other week, just in a men's ministry, there was so much going on, but with the rain and storms, they couldn't meet outside. And he just said, hey, I just want to tell you what's on my heart for men. And he just had a mini list. And he said, the Lord has been dealing with me. And the word he used, it was commitment. He said, it's commitment. He goes, sometimes we can say, we want 500 men and we're numbers guys. And it's about the goal. And he goes, no. He goes, what if men just simply Not. a commitment? And he yeah. said, a commitment to Christ's likeness, a commitment to our spouses, a commitment to our kids and grandkids, which is everything you're saying. Yeah. A commitment to our brothers and sisters. So when you see Brian struggling or Brian doing something he shouldn't, you say, Brian, I'm committed to you. Hey, I'm seeing your wife struggling. Hey, I'm seeing your kid going through this. If yeah. men do that in society, mm -hmm. Christian men, culture is going to be changed. Going to be. I mean, I look at the Mormons to their example, the way they structure family. That's the most admirable thing about their faith. I mean, I don't back it at all. I'm not looking for some angel called Moron Eye. You know what I mean? And I say that because I've got amazing friends in the faith, but yeah. I don't believe that's of God. You know what I mean? Sadly, for many hearing, that's the truth. But commitment, yeah, so commitment over ego. And then what way do people apply this? You have steps to go into, or what are some of the examples, again, that I'm going to learn in the book? Um, they sound silly. Because they're so easy. Be prepared. Oh, yeah. Be prepared. 
Mm -hmm. Have your ducks in a row. Be prepared. How about be black and white? Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Be black and white. That's when um, I was on the job site the other day, and there's a young plumber who's in his early 20s. Yeah. And uh, they they talk a different language, dude. I asked a yes or no question. Um, it was. I'll tell you what the whole story was. Yeah. This is being this is being black and white, and how successful you can be. Yeah. Even even financially. Mm-hmm. But I mean, successful in your relationships and relationships with other men and women, um, and mm-hmm. being a role model. Let your yes be yes, and you know we know. Mm-hmm. I go, hey, I'll, I'll just say he's probably not going to listen to this anyway. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mikey, do you have an email? Because I'm working on the infrastructure on there. So he's, he's newer, and I'm going to set him up uh, internally through the office. He goes, you know. I used to have an email and then I changed it over to this other email and I have this one email that I do use. And then I was talking to my girlfriend the other day. I don't want to hear a story, bro. <laughs> oh, no, I don't want to hear a story. I, yeah. I, and he got cross on me a little bit because I, I started, I turned into the men's ministry leader. Yeah, I go, hey, yeah. It's a yes or no question. Just mm-hmm. answer the question. Do I you think you said that to me before. Yeah. Yes or no. Did I do it? <laughs> Did I really? I don't think I was cross though. Yeah. Oh no, you're a little bit more humble. This is a young kid, you know. <laughs> well, good for him. Yeah. Yeah, and he, you know, looked at me like, you know, I'm I'm the big jerk because I'm disciplining it. I'm not. I'm trying to help him. And then I took him aside. Yeah. I, I knew my place. I go, yeah. Mikey, come here. So there's your humility. Yeah. Yeah. Do me a favor. When asked a yes or no question, especially by me, just answer yes or no. If mm-hmm. I want to hear a story. I'll ask you that. Yeah. But just a yes or no. And I'm good. You don't have to phone the runway yeah. with your answer. I'm going to ask you a yes or no question. Just answer yes or no. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I started doing that, even because I wasn't doing that before either, I had learned this. Yeah. Um, my, my life started changing incrementally, which on a mm-hmm. timeline looks instant uh, because I was direct. It, it's as if I had my terms. And if you do that, mm-hmm. Uh, talking about the code of honor. And you're not mean and be rude, cut people off, do whatever. You're mean and be direct, black and white. <laughs> but you can do it gracefully. And I've learned yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, hence with Mike, Mikey on the job site. The young yeah. kid. Uh, I did acknowledge like, okay, uh, I've known to be a jerk running a men's ministry, kind of like militaristic. Uh, but some guys like that. Some guys don't. That's just how I run it. Uh, <laughs> I took him aside. Uh, Speaking of the code of honor, yeah, let's sum it all up. We can go through all the codes. I think that would be yeah. kind of ambiguous and boring for a podcast. Just mm-hmm. buy the book. Yeah, nine ninety nine on Amazon if you want to get it. There's my shameful no question. code of honor. <laughs> yes, by Paul Stream. Yeah, yeah, it's a field manual. I call it a field manual for the hero's journey. Mm-hmm. It's small enough to fit in your back pocket and it's small enough to read in two hours. Yeah. That easy. It's a reference guide. Well, I say it like this. As a skateboarder, I'm doing the garden outside. The guy next door to me just did his. So I could go and do all this stuff, but I have no problem being like, what should I do exactly? So if you're like, Brian, get over it, do this, this, this. I'm good. When I'm a jujitsu, what should I do exactly? I'm going to think through things a little deeper than most people. That's how I go. I try and grab a load of information. Well, Paul, what about this? What about that? But if I know your intention is I'm trying to get you the bottom line foundation to build on, 
Yeah. I don't care about someone's attitude, really. It's like you look at the chef in the kitchen. When yeah. there's 10 cooks in the kitchen, the chef says, do this, do this, do this. Yeah. They better know he's trying to run a kitchen. It's never personal. Yeah. That's the point. You get the food on the table because of it. This yeah. isn't about Christianity where we just get the gospel done and we're rude to each other. No, but the idea is when we're black and white enough to step yeah. into what we need to and clear, yeah. it will have an effect on your life. Yeah. yeah. Here's what being black and white will shape. Mm-hmm. In a man, what it does is it shapes your terms because you're going to acknowledge what you're saying no and yes to. Mm-hmm. There's no story to get ambiguous about. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Hey, what do you think? Yes, about- it does. You know, yes. Oh, okay. Your term, every man should have his terms. And here's the thing that I realized that a lot of the men that are coming out of something, all right, or struggling with anything is their terms aren't intact. Mm-hmm. They don't have terms that they live by. And what are terms? Terms are something a man would die for. Mm-hmm. Um, movie reference, Gladiator, uh, just gets finished. They demask him. And Joaquin Phoenix's character comes down. He's like, who are you? Mm-hmm. Great question to ask any man, right? God, God asked Elijah, yeah. What are who, you doing? Who are you? Yeah. Who, who do you think you are? That's even better. That can be said both ways. Who do you think you are? I've been said that a lot, right, April? Who do you think you are? Or, hey, Brian, who do you think you are? Pretty Mm -hmm. deep, right? He takes off the helmet. He turns around. He goes, I'm Marcus Aurelius, uh, father to a murdered son, uh, husband to a murdered wife. Those are his terms. And I'll have my revenge in this life or the next. Those are his terms. Mm -hmm. Now, they may be distorted, but that's who he was. He just gave that guy a description, a sculpted description of who he was. Those were his terms. And he mm-hmm. wasn't going to bend on it. He wasn't going to go back to his jail cell in that movie and go, you know, ah. <laughs> he's not going to change anything. Uh, so as a man, we have to have our terms. And what are your terms? Yeah. You can pick two of the code of honors and make them your terms. Mine, yeah. the first, and I think it's the sixth code. Uh, I don't fight unhonorable battles. Mm-hmm. So the first code is love your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And number six on the code of honor is I don't fight unhonorable battles. Now that mm-hmm. covers a few other codes in there because they're all kind of intertwined, mm-hmm. uh, but they all have definite definitions for themselves. So those two terms, and I've always done that. So mm-hmm. I let people win now. Yeah, which I is huge. It sounds like you're just talking about your book, but I'm telling you, like my dad said, I pick my fights. And I just don't get involved. There's certain things that don't matter. And as a man, you can tell your wife will say something, leave in a room or something will be going on or you'll be drained and you can go chase that rabbit down the hole and there's a fire there. Or you can say, it does not matter where the shoes are today. It does not matter that this was left on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Honestly. Yeah. As soon as I had my terms intact. Now I changed them because it was commitment before ego. Mm -hmm. I was running the ministry. I was single at the time. I was committed to April and the ministry. Mm -hmm. I had a long talk with God of how this was going to transpire. And the Holy Spirit came in and helped me along the way. Mm -hmm. It it was what it was, that season of my life, Mm -hmm. which was, they're always spot on seven years. Mm -hmm. There's no monkey around five, six, or eight. Yeah. He always spots it on seven. Seven, new season, boom, go. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Someone else is now running the men's ministry, which is very successful. There's men getting help that they need. I attend it as a participant. Mm-hmm. I don't need, well, sometimes I'll raise my hand and put my two cents in. Yeah. They have other 
men that have gone through the walk that are ordained. I want to talk about that word too, mm-hmm. that are running this men's ministry that are helping men, not under the guise of how I did it, mm-hmm. but the men are there and they're getting a new kind of help now. Now they got some 12 steppers that are doing it. Some life coaches, the young life coach kid that's running it right now. And it's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Awesome. I attend it and I'm, you know, my big toes popping out of my sneakers. Cause I'm just stoked. Yeah. Yeah, you're excited. Part of that, you know what mm-hmm. I mean. Uh, the book <laughs> is kind of an opus to it all. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're we're wrapped up. Here it is. Put this in your back pocket and do it. Shape your yeah. Terms. Shape your terms. I was I, I told you I could bunny trail. Yeah. So anyway, shape your terms. Have terms. Every man should have terms. If you can't tell another man when he comes up to you and says, "Who are you? I'm Brian Sumner." Yeah. I'm, give him a sentence. Yeah. Not a paragraph, not yeah. a story. Give him one sentence. Mm-hmm. Put some conjunctions in there and a lot of comments. Who cares? But one sentence <laughs> to describe who you are. Well, that's, you know, I know a lot of times when I've gone and spoke at men's ministry, one of the things I really try and hold to is the story of David, because David knew who he was until he didn't. I mean, even when he went into battle, he said, who does this uncircumcised Philistine think that he is? He determined who he was because he knew who he was. And it was one of those TV shows, you know, the cheesy Christian ones that said it wasn't just that David fought well, it's that he believed well. He trusted the Lord was with him. Who was this Philistine? And it was David who served the Lord up to the point where the Bible says at the time kings go to war, David didn't. It was the time of the year where kings went to war, where Paul knew what he was meant to do. Brian knew what he was meant to do. The must-dos, like you just said. And I'm glad we left it so open. But David didn't go. He stayed on the roof of his home. He had the flat-screen TV, I always joke, the big leather couch, all the video games. And he looks out the window or without the window, yeah. and he sees this beautiful woman who must have got her head on, or, you know, her Amazon dress came or whatever she was doing, you know, a package in the mail and she's out there and she's singing a song and he sees her. Yeah. And at the time he was meant to be doing this, his flesh ends up doing that. And now you have sin, assassination, craziness. It could have all been missed. If at the time Kings go to war, that's what he did. And for the men listening to be more practical, if you were sitting in an audience, at an event with Paul or myself, it would be, look, I say it every episode, Ephesians 2.10, you're God's workmanship. He has a call for you. And please hear this, especially for the young men who are chasing the money or the lights and the bells and the whistle. If you are always going to chase things for the world's gain, you mm-hmm. lose a bit of yourself. The Bible says godly contentment is great gain. I am content today feeling drained from the yard work, knowing I could see my family at home. I'm going to go see them in a minute. Hopefully go see grandma, get some work done later, get into a bunch of messages, finish up this podcast and be at home as dad, Brian, doing whatever they want later. I don't need to go chase the lifestyle I maybe once did because of skating or the doors that could have opened. Even as the rappers say, more money, more problems. Some of you have problems because your identity's lost. What Paul said is knowing who you are. I mean, and I want you to emphasize this for a moment because you were making the point and you said you were going to as well. Mm-hmm. But once you became a dad, I mean, I see you, me and Julie go ride our bikes past your house, little yeah. front living room you have. Yeah. Jet will be playing the guitar, playing with his toys. I mean, how do you go from dad to now as a father? What did you learn in that? And what lessons do you give to dads today? To put you on the spot, yeah. Yeah, that puts me on the spot. But I know you've got answers. I know. Yeah. I've I've taken 
you know, just be there for them. Mm -hmm. The best thing you do for a kid, boy or girl, Mm. is to make them feel like their presence is appreciated. Mm -hmm. And that's why you see me in the front room playing with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can get on my phone and play. I love crossword puzzles. <laughs> really, um, I don't have enough free time to do the amount of crossword. That's how punk rock <laughs> Paul is. Punk rock Paul with his crossword puzzles and his dog called Devo. This is like a lot of confession today. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, I just love solving the things. And when you're done, what? I do them in ink, by the way. No, I'm okay, <laughs> I do them on my phone. I can choose to do the minutia in life that doesn't mean anything, but I have this lump of clay that I get to sculpt into who mm-hmm. I think he should be. I know he's going to turn out to whoever, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, but I got to make my impression. And as a dad, mm-hmm. maybe that's answering your question, you know, make that impression. How you have to up until the, I mean, he's three, three and a half, Mm-hmm. Up until he's five, I think, or six, I'm making these numbers up. I don't have a psychology degree. Mm-hmm. These are the most important years because I'm shaping him into the confident individual. So when he goes out into the world, I'm talking school, yeah, uh, sport programs. Uh, look at your son Jude. Yeah. Okay. That guy is socially equipped. Yeah. Why? When he was present in front of an adult, he was wanted in that presence. Mm-hmm. It wasn't go to your room, get out of here. Hey, whatever, kid. Just you, yeah, you're just a kid, get out of here. Yeah. No, it's like, hey man, you're special. Not the overgloating. You don't want to create a sociopath that he gets told <laughs> off. I mean, he does, <laughs> you at an age where you'll be calling me in a few years going, How did you do it? Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully not. Yeah. Uh, you will see that same context, which confirms my belief system on this, with mm-hmm. Jet, my son, because uh, you know, when he enters a room full of kids, I've seen it. He's done it yeah. twice, and I just crack up. Yeah. He goes, "Hey, everybody! My name's Jet. Let's no play." Way. No <laughs> <way>. <laughs> I'm like, so he's confident. Yeah. Well, confident because he knows he in in an adult setting, which should be yeah. intimidating. He's accepted. Yeah. Yeah. So the advice I have for fathers, if I think that's what you asked, was yeah. what could you do for the first. Four to six years, I don't have the number. Yeah. Make sure that kid, boy or girl's presence is appreciated. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, pray with them. Let yeah. them know prayer early. Yeah. Not like it's a Easter Bunny Santa Claus thing, but Jet knows there's a God. Yeah. And I could videotape him praying and post it and make people cry because it's the yeah. cutest dang thing you've ever seen. Yeah. He thanks God <laughs> for everything. A three-year-old praying. Are you kidding me? And um, he'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, I just, you got to show them the way you're planting the seeds. I don't even have, it's not a fingers crossed. I hope he grows up to be a, a good man. Mm. I've done my work though, because the molding of the clay while he's on the wheel. Yeah. That's me in April. Period. That's the training up in the way they should that's go. And they have to have their, and I think about Dakota and honestly, Dakota getting married even in April, I could not pick. I can't boast in his fiance more. Really? I mean, you know Cameron, obviously, in the Bradleys. I mean, I couldn't pick. I don't. Really? Yeah, little, I know April knows them. You know, she knows April knows Paul. everybody. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't pick a better girl for him. Really? I'm sure they all have their, their deal and whatever. And I say that about him. He is total stud as far as just he's got his issues. You know what I mean? Like anyone as a as a kid I who went to puberty and probably pimples and then go, we get frustrated with us. 
but he's driven. He, he's got his own journey with I can God. Tell. And that's where we left the impression. And now with Eden, we're seeing it and the rest. But it was Matt Rainwater, you know, who I think you'd even played in bands with, who just made a comment years ago, whoever said it, you know, Brian, and men can be a lot of things, but only a certain man can be that kid's dad. Yeah. So Paul is Jet's dad, and mm-hmm. our ministry first and foremost is Christ seeking Him first. Then yeah. it's our spouse over our kids. Yeah. Then it's our kids. You know, people who love kids can love kids. That goes without saying. But choosing to love your spouse yeah. as they change through the years—that's that's faith. Yeah. And to me, the biggest walk of faith in your life is loving the spouse God gave you, despite the season, despite the changes, despite whatever. That mm-hmm. shows the Lord you're content in believing in his work in both of you. But right. you're saying being present in their lives. It was Ravi Zacharias who said it. And, and I bet, I bet my life would have been different because I'm pretty all in. I would think, get the word in my son, Dakota study every day, Dakota do this. <laughs> I just think like that. Yeah. One of the things Ravi Zacharias said was, you know, be the gospel in your kid's baseball. And for Dakota, it was baseball. So for him, oh, yeah. it was this very innocent, I mean, Man, amazing ball player, smallest mm-hmm. kid, but as a catcher, all-star. It was going to the baseball field with him yeah. and just loving him and letting him hear the crazy words and see the crazy things and then try and shape how we honored the parents or the, the times we were super frustrated in the decisions they were making. That's the presence. That's the imprint in what you said. So to the dads out there, yeah. loving God, loving the mom, loving the kid, and it's hard. It is not easy. No, It can be a challenge. Yeah. Oh, big time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. When you're, uh, that's where it goes back to the want tos and have tos. You mm-hmm. know, um, I'm guilty of taking the long way home because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm going into it. You know what I mean? <laughs> confessions with Paul. I'm just going to call it that today. <laughs> oh, yeah. Confessions with Paul. He takes the long way home because not that I dread what's happening at home. It's just when you're home, mm-hmm. you know, I have an invisible hook. I park in the back alley. Yeah. An invisible hook on the garage door before I open it. Uh, that I put my day on, hmm. put my day on that hook. So when I come in, I'm Jet's dad and I'm April's husband. Mm-hmm. I'm not the guy who just put out the plumbing fire in a 10 story high rise with everybody yeah. slinging F bombs at me. Yeah. Can't. Yeah. And that's the language in that world too. Yeah. Oh gosh. You wouldn't believe. Yeah. yeah. So it, I, a job site is my natural habitat, even mm-hmm. though I spend a lot of time on the stage and doing the the music and stuff, which is a kick in the butt, but I don't see that happening with what we're going through right now. Yeah. Cause I still play. Uh, but the job site is my natural habitat. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm 55 years old and for 25 plus years, we'll call it 30 now. Yeah. And uh, that was my home. I was there eight to 10 hours a day on the job site. So mm. it's a pirate ship. Yeah. It's a freaking pirate ship. Everyone mm-hmm. is, I mean, it's not a healthy environment. <laughs> you wouldn't, you wouldn't bring jet to work day. Yeah. No, it's not a bring jet to work. I mean, I could, and the guys would be respectful, but you have other trades guys you don't know. And there's two kinds of guys in the trade. Mm-hmm. I'm money trailing. I'll wrap it up here. Ones that picked it and ones that just have to do it because they mm-hmm. don't have the education and they're, they're laborers and they resent it. And they're, they're pissed. They're there at the job site and they're not happy. Yeah, and they're yeah. they're making an honest dollar, and they're pissed about that because they're used yeah. to running their hustle. So, and then you have the other that picked it, love it, yeah, they love it. It's a union, yeah. like iron workers or anything. Yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. And I teeter between both of them because yeah. I 
fell into it and then I ended up loving it and succeeding in it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I have to have that hook on the door. But what it. ways have you seen then men below it where is it looking at the greener grass? Is it um, not knowing who they wear? I mean, for men out there right now, because because it's really easy for me to say, because, you know, 24 years, not as a believer, thinking like the world thinks, yeah. then realizing, like I said, praise God that if I get into it with Trey, I don't sleep well. In the morning, I've either sent her an email or I'm on her bed, you know, neck touching her, just like, babe, hey, I'm going to go do this or do that. Yeah. I just need things to be right. So for me to go like stray almost or go far, that's not what's entertaining me. I know the enemy can come in and put things in our head or try and you know what I mean it is. Right. Where do you see men blowing it? Is it is it the pursuit of the job, the success, yeah. the downfall with drugs, I mean or just ego and well, ego. Mhm. And I've been practicing it's it's emotions. A man's worst enemy is emotions. Mm-hmm. And combining, and you could help me out with the addresses as far as scripture. Mm. I've been studying Stoicism for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. So, and what I've seen is a correlation between biblical scripture and actual Stoicism. So, if Stoicism existed now, it'd be a new agey, mm-hmm. uh, masculine, don't let the outside, we're emotionless right? We have no emotions, mm-hmm. but you cannot let your emotions call shots. Mm-hmm. Emo- this is the ego. Okay. The commitment before ego. We started the podcast with this. Mm-hmm. The biggest trouble a man can get in is believing his own BS. Mm-hmm. And it's usually emotion based. Remember apocalypse. Now I need another movie reference. Mm-hmm. Marlon Brando's character goes to Vietnam, starts believing his own BS has a village believing it too. Mm-hmm. And at the end of it, before he's going to get off and he knows his death is imminent, he says, oh, the horror, the horror, mm-hmm. the horror of him believing his own BS to what he created was this conglomerate, just BS mm-hmm. of him being a god, a demigod out there in the jungle. Yeah. Right? And we send an assassin out to kill him because no, you, you believe the danger lies when a man starts believing his own BS. Mm-hmm. It's hundred percent emotional based because he's getting gratif- you know, that gratifying fulfillment of those emotions being satisfied and it snowballs and it snowballs mm. and it snowballs and you're going to hit that. You're going to hit a rock bottom. There's no, there's not a happy ending in any of that. So stoicism to me, I'm talking Marcus Aurelius, all those dudes mm-hmm. who well back to the movie gladiator. Yeah. Uh, that was Marcus Aurelius. There's no coincidence. I think that Ridley Scott put that Caesar there. Mm-hmm. And he says, he's hugging Joaquin Phoenix's character. And he says, my faults as a father are your faults as a son now. Because mm-hmm. he was emotionless. He didn't communicate to his son well enough, right? Yeah. So that's but that what- is the definition. Stoic, still, not much emotion. I mean, in the New Testament, we see Paul speaking to the Stoics. And here's why. And um, women want love. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want my wife to love me, to know I'm the only one. It's meant to be that way. And even my wife said the other day, we're just driving. You don't realize it's registering till even now. Mm -hmm. I'd said it to someone else, just how she said, you know, I guess growing up, I had boyfriends and my friends would always get mad because I'd kind of lose my girlfriends in that time. So you're like, oh yeah, that's typical. But when you think about it biblically, 
that's because the woman is now partnered with the man. Though obviously they're in sin if they're living, you know, not as Christ said and all the rest of it, me and you combined, I'm sure that was back in the day. But it is true for this reason, a man leaves his father and mother becomes one with his wife. Um, if you're stoic, if it's not good that man's alone, the emotion kicks in. A woman wants that love, but a man wants respect. So I can say things like, hey, I did the laundry at this time. You know, I do jujitsu every day for the women whose husbands want to do jujitsu. Let them do it because what they don't tell you about jujitsu is you have to wash your gear every day. So you know what? All the other laundry is getting done as well. Wives, you are getting major help. So let's say I go do the laundry that day. Yeah. And we always have that because we're homeschooled. There's a million things going on in our house all sure. the time. Yeah. Then I go do this and do this. If I come back and like my shoes are left out and she could say something, I can go make all these comments that are way more serious because I'm thinking I'm paying the bills and I'm running around and I'm normally out of state and I'm coming back and and you're mad about my shoes. Emotion based. And there's the emotion. It's that simple. And that can go from me making a snide comment to being quiet, which I'm not really a quiet guy. I don't hold on. I think that winds people up like crazy. You don't, you know, I don't know what they're thinking, but what Paul said, guys, and I'm trying to shape this podcast where we finish and not so we go buy Paul's book, but I know I want to get the book and I hope people are going to hear and go, man, there's a chapter on stoicism. So just all of it, you know, but so emotionally that even to me, where there's much talk, sin is ever present. If I'm meant to be the example, like we said on the podcast with Chris Jones, I heard years ago, a wise man once said nothing, you know, so dude, (laughs) yeah, here comes the emotion. If the Holy Spirit doesn't tell me to open my mouth, let's keep quiet. Yeah. And there it is. So never pass up an opportunity to keep your mouth shut, guys. <laughs> the older I get, the more I'm landing that. And I like to talk, I like to engage and pull stuff out of people. It's fun. Yeah. I do miss that about England. Americans are way more reserved, or you could say stoic, unless they're drunk or being crazy. That's the other side of America. Yeah, they're boring. They're boring. Yeah. Europeans so, are vibrant. I spent a, a three months in Ireland. It was the funnest three months. Oh my gosh! I bet you're still coming down from it. Yeah, <laughs> Irish and crazy. Back in 2000, and um, you know, I was running my game back then. And, oh, oh no! I could write a short story about that. It was just crazy. Just the passion of the people. Yeah, it is yeah. very a lot. I mean, even Conor McGregor. You know, when the whole nation yeah. came alive behind a prize fighter, well, he reminds I, me of it. I watch him. I'm a fan of his just because he reminds me of my trip to Ireland. Yeah. And I think, you know, I really think the Lord's going to get a hold of him. I know that he has a God faith idea. He's passionate. But I think, you know, people like that, you get so many. He's had the Tony Robbins experience. Everyone's probably coming after him to get a bit of the pie. And it's like, man, just I've got friends who are really good friends with him. It'd be good just to sit down and go, do you know what the greatest submission ever is? It's Christ defeating the serpent. It's Christ submitting himself for you. Yeah. You know, guys like that that experience so much, there's only a few things that can blow their mind. Yeah. The gospel that blows everything. What's happening and what they've seen, you're right. What's going to blow their mind? I think mm-hmm. of Kanye, and I love hearing him talk right now. He's a whack job. Yeah. I love it because you got to be that kind of whack job to see and do what he's done. Um, but he's such a strong believer. And when he talks mm. about Christ and his belief system, I just love Is he being him. really serious now? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I know he had the album out. Then it was like, what's going on? He had that episode. And so now is he like still about his faith? 
Yeah, it's all about yeah. his fit. Yeah. He, I, I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast. I don't listen to the whole podcast. I don't have those kind of minutes in my life anymore. You have to bleep a lot of it out in your head. Yeah. Yeah, bleep it out. But also the snippets that there are on YouTube, like there's a 12 minute thing or a three minute mm. thing. So I'll just zap on those in my downtime, which what is that anymore? Yeah. Um, but also, since we're on the topic, I know we're, yeah. gonna wrap, we're probably going to wrap this up here. Yeah. How do you. Yep. This question for you. This for your next book? Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, my favorite band in the world is Fugazi. And they come mm -hmm. from the hardcore scene in D.C. And you know, Matt, speaking of Matt Rainwater, he's met Ian McCaw yeah. uh, from Minor Threat. You know, you meet someone. I'm using that as an example. Yeah. I'm such a fan of those type of, types of characters that are so passionate because mm -hmm. they have their terms. You ask a member of Fugazi, you ask Ian McCaw who he is, he's going to tell you exactly who he is. Yep. He'll have a Rolling Stone interview and mm -hmm. put on the cover of Rolling Stone because they have cigarette ads and alcohol ads. Yeah. That kind of passion. Mm -hmm. Do you ever meet someone who is a non-believer and just go, man, you would be such a bitching Christian. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you, all, you got it all right there, but you're directing it over there. Well, they're evangelizing <laughs> you something else. They're teaching you something. I mean, look at Jordan Peterson, you know, um, yeah. the guy who's the great speaker. Imagine that guy is an apologetics guy, you know. <laughs> but you're saying your point was that when you meet people who what, have that. They have the passion. They have their terms intact, but they're yeah. non-believers. They're yeah. everything a man I would want to have in a man, right? Yeah. Almost mm -hmm. like a role model. Yeah. Except for the first code, which is loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Knowing Christ is salvation. Mm -hmm you know, banking on that. And that's the biggest frustrating thing for me. That bugs me more than the politics right now. When I meet a guy who's yeah. uh, together, mm -hmm. he has his terms, he's successful. And when I say successful, don't be confused. I'm not talking about your bank account. Yeah. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about uh, the respect you have in the community, all that. Uh, but they don't believe. Well, uh, you know, for like, those who don't know, you know, my wife, when we were meeting, she had a boyfriend that was part of all the straight edge bands on the East coast and played in a load of them. I mm. forget even all the names of them now, you know, but she has every kind of CD here, you know, from like instead gorilla biscuits, Civ. I mean, um, so old hardcore first all phase. of those, the original, you know, and she, yeah. I think her first album was like a minor threat or Fugazi. And obviously in the skate world, Fugazi was huge because, you know, Ed Templeton and Mike V and they had, and honestly, I was never that big of a fan. It was like the waiting room I listened to, but I didn't hear too much else. But Ian has his convictions, but I think about it too, even with like H2O, you know, with Toby Moore. So I know I think Adam even lives right around here and does the workout at the bottom at the Crave Gym. I don't know if you knew that, um, but I seen some of Toby's posts and, and, and to the audience, here's the point we're making. They are a straight edge band. They don't drink, they don't do drugs, don't do whatever. It's all about honor, all about code, very New Jersey, East That's Coast. That's what I'm talking about. It's Washington. It's like a revolutionary movement, but the difference what? is there's no Christ. And you know what's amazing? Yeah. My friend, Neil Godding, whose wife, Romy, edited the book You know the, that I wrote. Mm -hmm. um, he was a skateboarder from back in the day in England, lives here now. That's why she edited it, because she can understand an English person the way we actually operate, because it's her yeah. husband. But when he hung out with my wife, one of the things he said that was amazing was he just said, you know, I lived this straight edge life for years. And then he said, you know, 
I had to almost just release the mindset. And she was like, well, why? And he goes, well, what benefits of that lifestyle have influenced your Christianity? It's not just like your conviction. It's like Paul counted it all loss. So to someone like Ian McKay and everything he's, he's done, mm-hmm. even in the greatest of it, it the, the, we know this, I'm not preaching to you, but yeah. at the heart of it, even though it's good, it could still be self-righteousness. And, you know, the most artistic person who actually they don't care how right. many of those acts are false humility. For me, yeah. my kids mess with me because I'm like, I wear the same shorts and shares and he- heavier than it's ever. Fans. It's yeah, and, I, and I go, I don't care about it. And they go, well, dad, that's your own pride. You think by not caring about something, you're different than everyone else, which, you know, I'm 41. I got to start paying attention. But I, I would say, you know, who's <laughs> the example for us is um, in skating. Someone like Chris Miller, who's like the nicest guy, amazing skater, rips. And so people are like, man, it's almost like he's a believer, just treats people with respect, loving kind. Yeah. But the difference is, you know, we're living and I almost feel like not post-Christian, but I still don't think people live as radical as we see. I mean, John the Baptist was radical. The Apostle Paul was radical. I mean, yellow teeth, could barely walk, probably barely spoke, wouldn't get invited to your conference, but there was a conviction and a moving in the power of God. I don't just mean the spiritual Pentecost. I just mean you knew what he was about. That was him. You know what I mean? I don't even think he wanted to boast in who he was. And when he did, it was, it was radical. Right. You know, these guys in that day knew the ins and outs of scripture, but without the power of God, the Holy spirit. And back to your point, the first rule is loving the Lord, your God. When a preacher yeah. came to town, what do you say to a rabbi? Hey, what's the greatest? They're asking you, Paul, pick your commandments and they always say the first one love the lord your god and they always pick one of the other 10 and it's about the sabbath or it's about respect jesus always chose the neighbor because the goal of the commandments wasn't just upward it was to live outward but i think because we've talked for as long as you said and to trim it up the most important thing people could hear from this is even for those without an earthly father Maybe you never met them. Maybe they were off on drugs. Maybe they died. Mm-hmm. I love that my dad knows the Lord. I believe that he's going to go be with yeah. the Lord, but I'm in your boat. I don't want to get a call. I want him to make it over here and go to Dakota's wedding and yeah. have a long life and the rest. But when that time comes, he graduates. But yeah. I have to know that even if I would never raise with a father, if I had known the Lord, my heavenly father, who can only satisfy me, you know, my dad's plan A, but in God's eyes, it's still plan B. You know what I mean? That's our earthly father. And we're thankful for anyone listening today. They can get to know the heavenly father simply through Jesus Christ. I mean, Jesus was the son of God. He was adopted by Joseph. So he lived in this world in that way. And we don't hear of Joseph years later. So even he lived those crazy years without the covering of a father in that sense. But for the men today, and here's the thing, all these guys, we know, you know, six, four, Binning gangs, all the rest of it. All these guys are generally teddy bears, sweethearts. You know what I mean? They're broken inside. Big time. Most bikers, most, I mean, criminals. It's hard on the outside because the inside hurts. Yeah. We need and our fathers. Very few unreturnable sociopaths where yeah. I ministered to them. And I'm just like, whoo, out, out of my wheelhouse. You're gone, dude. Yeah. They're just completely gone. They're sociopathic behavior and they're so damaged. Mm. I, I don't have the skills to help them. Yeah. Uh, ministry wise. But you said there's very few of them. You said most. Very people. few. For every hundred, there's a 0.01, you know, mm. where I meet just evil, a yeah. puppy killing evil MFer who does not yeah. care. 
mm. does not care. Yeah. And they're out there. Pure evil's out there. Ready in to go human, down in flames or whatever. Yeah. In human form. They're out, they're out there. And mm. I've met them. And yeah. I know a few. But that's where, you know, I put it in God's hands. Like, okay, you can work on the guy. Yeah. But for <laughs> everyone else, you pointing the way to the Lord. I let him know exactly what you're talking about. I'm yeah. kind of putting the bow on what you're saying there in the fact that you do have a father. Mm-hmm. You got gypped. Yeah. But you didn't know that you had a real dad who loves yeah. you and that will give you affirmations, but not in the form of a physical pat on the back. Maybe. But what you're going to get is the affirmations of how your life is going to change if you just do the work. That's what the code of honor is all yeah. about. And stay committed. Mm. Stay committed. And that father is always going to be loving, always going to have your back and always be there for you. And mm. that's it. And God will bring men around you that are father figures. He will bring brothers. I mean, that's I go to any men's. I go that's to any men's thing and I'm happens. like. Yeah. Yep. That's the affirmation that happens. I mean, we don't call it a group. We call it a team. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Groups form to chat and discuss <laughs> or whatever. Uh, teams uh, form and strive and strategize to win. Mm. So uh, the men's ministry, we always called them when we broke up into our groups. Yeah. Hey, guys, break up into your groups. We call yeah. them teams. Just yeah. that little word right there changes it for a man. Yeah, we're in oh. this together. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm going, where's my group going? You guys want to talk? <laughs> you've, had, you've had like three accents today, and one was from New York, one was from Boston, and I think one was from Australia. So <laughs> I'm channeling all these yeah. <laughs> all these people you've so here's the thing for men out there. We we don't come on here to sales pitch books and that. If you're focused on your marriage, whatever, a single courting, engaged, even divorced, go get my book, never fails. It's on Amazon. But yep. for Paul. Go and get his book, Code of Honor. I'm going to probably ride my bike down there in the next few days. There you go. Put it on the screen so we can see. There it is. Code of Honor, a field (laughs) manual for a hero's journey. Guys, we are goofy. We miss it. That's the best way God can use you. If Israel would have seen their rebellion in the wilderness, it wouldn't have taken them 40 or so years to get to the promised land. They could have done it in what? A certain amount of days. Likewise, you and I can be floating around in the wilderness unless we get humbled. And Paul's book is in the gospel. Brian's book is in the gospel. But these are resources that hopefully bring together a lot of God's word, point you on the way. So any closing thoughts? And then how can they get a hold of you and then pray us out? Um, You can get a hold of me. Uh, I'm on Facebook, Paul Diego Stream. Uh, Mm -hmm. You can get the book on Amazon. Code of Honor. There's a bunch of Code of Honors, Tom Clancy stuff and Army stuff. Uh, but if you put in my name, Paul Diego Stream, or a field manual, uh, it'll show up. Um, to put a bow on this podcast, which was awesome, Brian. Thank you. Of course. Yeah. Thank you. These men need to know that they have a true father. Amen. Leave it at that. Mm-hmm. They, have a, they have a true father. <laughs> Bad dad, no dad. It doesn't matter. You were gypped. I don't want to sound stern. Mm. Uh, that's real. You Maybe you were gypped, yeah. but your real dad's waiting for you if you're not yeah. a believer right now. And if you are a believer, get in touch with him. The, yeah. affirmations, the affirmations you need will come if you need those. Um, mm. And I'll yeah. tell you just to chime in, how many kids have I seen resent their dad mad about things? And when they go back and talk to them, they are shocked at what their dad has gone through. They are shocked at what their own dad had done to them. 
or the drugs they were on or something. And for those listening, go back and listen to the Jamie Thomas episode, a very successful skateboarder, one of the top top 10 that's ever lived as far as running things, businesses, CEOs, um, just powerhouse workhorse. Uh And God got a hold of him and he goes on the podcast and just unpacks beautifully his journey with his dad and just how his dad even kind of gave in in a sense because Jamie was so overpowering, you would say in his own words. And then years later, his dad was like, well, why didn't you fight? I mean, Jamie said to his dad, why didn't you fight in those years to get to the next level? And God restored all that, praise God. Yeah, It really allows people to open up because we're not professionals, as John Piper said. You know, we only know in part, we're trying to do our best, but how much do I ask forgiveness of my own kids? I didn't mean to say that. I, I don't get this impression. Even talking to you, I want to go get a hold of them and they won't know why I'm doing it and kiss them and hug them and go, what are we going to do today? I'm super dad right now. Yeah. But anyway, would you pray us out? Yeah. And just encourage people. Yeah. Father God, thank you so much for this uh, meeting with Brian. Uh, call it a podcast, call it a chat, yeah. call it what you will. That Father, we just pray that just even just one man yes. or even a woman yearning to learn and understand men, listen to this podcast yes. and be taught something to get closer to you, Father God. But we also pray that the guy listening that is in shame because of what he did hmm. can start focusing on what he's going to do, Amen. whether it be through Brian's book, my book, or any, anything, or just do it. Forget the books, Father God. It's mm-hmm. not about that. That he just know that it's not what he did, but what he's going to do, Father God. And I just thank you. Thank you so much for my relationship with Brian. Thank you for my wife and son. And uh, just thank you for the season you have me in in my life right now. It's a very healthy season, I feel, for myself uh, with balance and uh, minute managing. And Mm. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Well, guys listening, please, I hope you hear the fellowship where if we could all be together in the room as a team, you might not feel it. You might be out on those country roads coming off of something, thinking there's nothing left with a gun in the back of the car. You could be wound up by the state of the nation, the world. Conspiracies could be driving you crazy. We don't know what it could be, but God is good. God is faithful. There is love on this earth, and it comes through people. This season, you've got to get through it. Uh, The Israelites were never allowed to take their lives because God is the giver of life. We don't get to determine that. It's him who is the author and finisher of our faith. Get to know your heavenly father through the son, Jesus Christ, who forgives us of our sins. He's the way, the truth, and the life. And remember, the Bible says the message of the cross is foolishness to those that are perishing, to those who don't know God, but to us, to Brian, to Paul, to whoever you may be a believer, It is the power of God. We have him in our midst. You could be freaking out about the season. The apostles, the disciples, they went out into the field knowing they may be persecuted. Don't freak out about what's going on in life. Hold on. Rise up men and women, children of God. Trust him to be led by his spirit, to love your spouse, to love your family. Forgive quickly. Walk in humility and grace. It's tough, but we love you all. Thank you, Paul, so much for being on. Thank you, man. God bless you. Go hit up Paul. Harass him with some of the comments that blessed you. He will give you some feedback. Get his book. Yeah, maybe I'm, you know, even just when you're talking, there's so many good little nuggets. I'm like, man, maybe I could even take this book. And as I'm reading through, I could do like a mini thing where I even read a chapter or two and just unpack scripture what it did to me because it's so and we could just jump back in and do some things so any day man amen
Well, guys, be praying for us. We'll be praying for you. So thank you, brother. God bless you.